You thought you'd gotten rid of us, didn't you? But you were wrong, old Bean. Because we're back with a vengeance. Good sight for Queen, our son. From studios in Hollywood, California, rural southern Indiana, and the hinterlands of North Dakota, this is the Live, Laugh, Golf Podcast. And now, here are your hosts, Desert Duffer, OTB Lefty, and Jay Score. Folks, welcome back. We are back. I am, as always, your master of ceremonies, Desert Duffer. It's been, as the kids say, a minute since we recorded a podcast episode. I still have the same two co-hosts, no additions, no journeyman uh, reporters added to the team. It's just the three of us, J-Score, OTP Lefty. J-Score, how was your summer vacation? (laughs) <laughs> summer vacation hiding from the ice and snow mostly battling the snow plow uh constantly piling it up at the end of the driveway at this point honestly i've given up fighting we just have a big speed bump at the end my wife and i both drive cars that are tall enough to plow over it so unfortunately it's a little inconsiderate if we have guests but it's the middle of winter nobody so, ha- so- we don't have anybody coming over yeah, so as a, I live here in Southern California, of course. We're at the podcast headquarters here in Hollywood. Everything's played with 75 degrees today. Oh, Tell great. me, what's the winter been like in Fargo? Snowfall totals lower, higher than usual? How's it been? Uh, honestly, pretty typical. Um, nothing record setting. Uh, right now we're in, I think, maybe blizzard or winter storm number four, something like that. I don't know. I'd try not to track it because it'll just break my heart if I do. You've taken some vacations, though, right? Uh, a few. Uh, I went to Des Moines, Iowa, uh, which, believe it or not, is a huge upgrade weather-wise um, from Fargo, North Dakota. Uh, and then just recently, I did was get that a work trip? Or, uh, was it a, some sort of prison release? What, what was the situation <laughs> that that caused you to go to Iowa intentionally? Uh, purely, purely work-related. Uh, not even enough time to play or uh, bring any clubs along on that one. But most recently, I did get a break, and I got to head down to the Big Easy, New Orleans. I uh, got to do some work down there and some play. Um, so the highlight so far of my winter has has been that. And I, I got to see a recently renovated Rainer down there, Metairie Country Club, uh, which was, was quite a treat. So I'm very appreciative of my host for having me out there and got to see some great Rainer templates and mark another Rainer off my list. And it was gusty. Uh, templates, we, we definitely got rain or templates. I don't know. I don't. I have no idea how big of an architecture nerd audience we have here for the LLG podcast. Rainer is the guy. He does like square greens and stuff, right? Is that mm-hmm. the guy? Squared greens, shared tee boxes, uh, short hole, long hole, road hole, lion's mouth. This oh, is... the lion's mouth was great. Right. Double so these, oh, these principles templates. nose bunker. Blah blah blah. Well, can you explain to me as a talk to me like I'm an idiot? like I am, why is this good that this guy created the same designed holes in a million courses all over the country? Why, why is that something people should aspire to in the future or, or we should look at fondly? Why is that a good thing? You know, I'm definitely not as well read as other people. So I'm not flexing at all here because I too uh, am generally not that smart. And these template holes to me are a great illustration of timeless classic design in golf where it's not like a target golf hit it here, hit it there situation. It's adventurous. There's things going on and it's cool to see how the templates lay into the land 
and get recreated or adjusted, throttled up, throttled down based on the ground it's on and all kinds of other things. But again, I'm not I'm not in like the Rainer society. I'm yeah, not, do you have a do you, you have know? a spreadsheet with like your top ten Rainer uh Redan holes? Like you doing that whole thing? Uh, I am not. I do not have a proprietary rating system. I do enjoy strolling through locker rooms and clubhouses and getting a sense of the vibe and all that. But pretty, pretty frisky there in the first four minutes, Duff. Just <laughs> a lot, lot of, lot of lovely, lot of lovely people. A lot of our most devoted fans catching some Look, strays. We're, we're taking some, we're taking some shots at Baxter, no doubt. This whole <laughs> the, the Rainer thing, it just goes over my head. Hey, maybe okay. I'm just I'm not smart enough for golf. Oh, okay. I think that's what it is. Let. Let me try then to be like a completist. There are certain holes that are so challenging and so unique that they're recreated on golf courses all over the United States and varieties of grasslands and conditions. And it's just kind of an optimum thing. Like basketball is played on a 90 some foot court that's so wide. And similarly, golf was kind of constructed that way in the first golf courses that were built here. They're well, beautiful so, and fascinating. So, un- so unique and recreated everywhere don't seem to go hand in hand for me. But I again, it's it's probably over my head. Let's hey, look, OTP. You seem like you're a big Rainer guy. So in the pantheon of great golf architects, where's Rainer? Is he on the medal stand? Is he top three even? Well, see, that's tough because I haven't seen enough golf courses to know. Um, I'm going to tell you from the golf course. This is OTP Lefty, by the way, from Bedford, Indiana. (laughs) JT, OTP, how was your summer vacation? It's been great. It's been great. I'll I'll do that in just a second. But first, (laughs) I'm going to take this question. So uh, of the people whose golf courses that I've played, McKenzie, man. Uh, I think about Michigan all the time. I think about Yeamans Hall all the time. That is Seth Rayner golf course. and uh, uh, the the ones the golf courses of the pictures that I liked that I've never played before is Maxwell. I think about Perry Maxwell all the time. Well, Perry Maxwell is uh, some believe that he was the primary architect of the University of Michigan golf course that I think you love so much. That's a that's Maxwell and McKenzie, right? There we go. They were closely associated. Maxwell worked on uh, uh, many courses like Augusta National, for example. Um, he built the Old Town Club. Now, yes, I know Old you, that, Town Club. Now, now that's a that's that, a golf course. Yeah, right that, that I know. I know you like a lot. So, yeah. um, but primarily, I just like to be on a golf course playing golf outside with my yeah, friends. So, Rain or shine. Well, that's so. That's really what it was. I before I played Metairie, I was I I paid twenty eight dollars for eighteen holes with cart at Joseph Bartholomew Municipal Golf Course, um, which was delightful. Um, an incredible value. You can't play 18 holes in Fargo for $28. So that was great to see and hitting a ball off grass and watching divots fly and the ball soar um, certainly beats hitting off mats at a sweet shots or a simulator. Um, so it was, but how was the food? Did you, did you get some good Creole Cajun food? How about get the beignets? Love those beignets at cafe. There's a cafe du monde. I so I did not get a chance to have any beignets, but I did gorge on seafood. Uh, had a seafood boil, had the the bib, the bucket, the whole bit. Um, it was wonderful. Some blue crab, snow crab, uh, shrimp, sausage, corn, all that sort of stuff. Um, had some grilled swordfish, grilled mahi mahi. Had some uh, Cajun rice. All kind, you know. Just it was it was a seafood bonanza. 
love it for living your best was, life for Jay it was Scott. great it was fantastic all right well we're, we're glad to have you back look forward to some pro golf takes from you in a couple of minutes but right now let's talk to otp lefty all the way from bedford indiana uh we've had some technical difficulties before we came on the air tonight jt's got them under control what have you been doing buddy what have you been up to the last few months well um Mainly just living life here in professionally in my paying job, but we've had a wonderful wintertime weather-wise, and I've been working on a short game project. I've been in the in the wilderness, uh, not quite for 40 years, but uh, for uh, about 18 uh, chipping, and uh, I've been working on that very hard, and I think I'm making some real progress. I'm learning things about bounce and, and uh, leading edges and and uh, wow. uh, th- things wow. like that <laughs> really really cutting edge stuff there uh, yeah. hey listen there have been some rumblings these are like not shipnuck type rumblings but some serious rumblings i've heard these from reliable sources that you're is it true you're not going by otp lefty anymore is there are we getting rid of that are you the artist formerly known as otp <clears throat> lefty well there discussions discussions are underway Let's just put it that oh, way. Okay. Well, okay. well, there's a there's a lot of there's a lot of talk out there about like if you say something, uh, do you have to stand behind it? And um, uh, just to be honest, in a quick editorial review of our content from last year, uh, I don't have anything that I really need to take back or be afraid of. Um, I was uh, a positive uh, positive light in the world of media, um, and uh, was. Uh, uh, I'm hopeful for a brighter future, and I believe in a better life for people all around the world. So oh, I love oh, that. That's you know, I, I I agree with you. We're glad to have you. Mm-hmm. Let me ask you, OTP. There's been a lot of there's been consolidation in the golf podcast world while we've left. A lot of journalists moving into the podcast sphere. We haven't taken anyone on, as I said, but there've also been some equipment changes, major equipment changes happening. Well, I got to ask you. JT, what's in your bag? What are you playing now? Same stuff as the last time we were on air or or we got new clubs? Well, I'm glad you asked because I bought a putter by accident last week. And apparently, uh, sometimes you'll go on eBay and you'll see something and it'll seem like it's a good deal. And you'll say, hey, let me make the opening bid for that putter. Of course. And then sometimes all sevens, you win and you go back and check your uh, check your eBay use email a couple days later, and it's like we're awaiting payment. It's like, well, okay, uh, here we go. So I'm now the owner of a red, uh, tailor made Ardmore putter, um, and I'm titleless the rest of the way through the bag. Um, okay, and, and have, been, could... have been for many years. What was the damage? What was the eBay damage for that new putter, or um, maybe you putter? Uh, One hundred twenty dollars. It's big bucks. Oh, big heck, bucks for a used no. putter. Heck no, this thing's. Heck no. I mean, I bought, you may remember, you may remember on a certain trip to Florida, I had to buy a $249 putter. That was the only putter in Jacksonville that was left-handed. So, so I mean, Yikes. sometimes you're the windshield, sometimes you're the bug. I like the, I've always uh, liked the red putter thing. And I actually putted the ball into the hole with it a couple times yesterday. Really? Yes. Uh, yes. Do you find, do you buy a lot of stuff on eBay? You big uh, eBay guy? Yes. Yeah. What, yeah. what was the last thing you bought? Is it all golf stuff, or what was the thing you bought before this this putter? <laughs> we were just talking about a damn putter. Uh, <laughs> like, what, were you listening to me at all? Um, I'm big in uh, uh, sneakers. Um, I buy lots of uh, shoes. Um, I buy logoed uh, gear. Like, you can buy uh, 
you know, Chicago Bulls old 1992 championship T-shirts and, and wow, things like that. Wow. I, I, I like things like that that are interesting. Hmm. And, and once in a while you can find things. I can I have good luck in 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 shoes, certainly like odd colored, like think about New Balance shoes, like hmm. because I wear size 14 shoes. Uh, occasionally you can get closeouts and things like that that mean some good bargains. Right. Uh, J-Score, what's in your bag? Anything uh, new? <clears throat> no, certainly nothing new. Um, I have currently, I'm, I'm currently gaming and still gaming a Titleist 983K driver, um, like 20 year old driver, something like that. I love the classic teardrop shape. Can't get it out of the bag. Um, listeners, loyal listeners might remember that, uh, you know, my, I, I try to put a modern driver in and I just cannot keep it on the planet. So we're going to continue to play the 983K. Uh, I play Scratch Irons. Um, shout out Ryan Moore. Um, love the Blade Life. Can't get away from it. And uh, let's see. I, I suppose I did. Um, I have Corey Paul wedges. Sometimes I throw in Titleist wedges. I oh, got that's so many wedges. That's, that's, that's cool hipster Artisan, fancy artisanal, stuff, right? you know, yeah. bespoke okay. type of stuff. And then you I guys. got uh, this guy. This guy's got Supreme. He's buying, you know, five hundred dollars sneakers from Supreme, and you're doing the the equivalent with the fancy wedges. That pretty that much. I I am excited. I did. Rounds. Um, I I normally game a Betnardi, uh, Studio Stock Eight putter, and I've got. Uh, I put a fresh grip on a Nike Method Oven putter, um, and I'm really excited to to put that into play. A little slant neck little ditty and i'm gonna put that into play uh this summer a little bit and see see what happens see if we you know if it's a match and the romance uh continues we'll see all right well i I haven't changed that i'm not even playing any golf i haven't played golf in forever my bag is the same i've got some mizuno irons some uh i got a callaway driver some 25 year old ping hybrids that are like the original hybrids you, that you haven't never... gotten hybrid throughout the bag yet i thought <laughs> we were trending that way at one point uh, well, I'm, I'm thinking it over but we'll we'll see we have no idea where the game is i do you not i i, I want to hear about your off season if you haven't been playing golf you live in hollywood 75 and sunny all the time if you're not playing golf what have you been up to this yeah so what I, the, I you know there are a lot of reasons why we haven't been on the air for some time. One is just we need a break. You know, there's a little bit of an off season. There should be an off season in pro golf. We created one. But beyond that, I got hit with the vid. Caught the vid for the first time on Christmas Day. I was out in uh, Montecito with the family, big family celebration. Had a big party on the 23rd, big Christmas Eve feast on the 24th that I cooked uh, at my brother and his, his beautiful wife's house. And it was a wonderful day. I woke up Christmas morning feeling like complete dog crap. Took the test. Bingo. I had COVID Christmas morning and I was whipped for three weeks. Just brutal. And for all you political people out there, yes, I, I had shots. I got like four <laughs> shots. Okay. Uh, so I don't know. Maybe I would have died if I didn't get the shots, but I had a bunch of them. They didn't seemed to do me any good i had covid it was terrible hadn't been playing any golf i you know before that i was i was getting into a good fitness routine working out every day two days really for like a month and then i was just whooped and on my back for for three weeks three and a half weeks so you know that's what i was up to i that'll be good man yeah Yeah. 
Yeah, all, so, tr- all true. I barely got called names the first three weeks of this year. <laughs> and then last night, so uh, it's we're recording on February 20th, 2023. Last night, February 19th, first sip of alcohol for the Duff Man in 2023. Went uh, the entirety of January in the first 18 days of February without the demon liquor. So uh, I'm, I feel terrible today, though. I had a bunch of it last night and just felt awful all day, just in time for our return podcast. So if I sound dumber or uh, otherwise stupid, uh, it's because of the <laughs> So that's why. That's why. All right. Well, we're glad to hear everyone's okay. We're back. The podcast is back. Things are going to be similar. Some things are going to be different. OTP Lefty, he may have a different name. I don't know. I, I'll tell you, we're still going to cover Live Golf. It's never been. It's never going to be exclusively Live Golf. We said on the very first episode, we were going to talk about interesting PGA tournaments when they happen. We're going to talk about the majors, of course, as they happen. JT, OTP Lefty, you, you've got some thoughts about the pod. What, what, what are some things you want us to focus on this season that you thought maybe were uh, under the radar or not given enough time last season? I don't know that I did, buddy. What did I say that it was underserved? Well, we got, so I I should tell the the listeners at home that uh, Jay score and I got a, a lengthy screed from OTP lefty a couple of days ago, with just, you know, his thoughts on the state of golf in general. We don't expect him to give us all of those thoughts right here tonight. Uh, but you, you're going to be, you're going to get the pleasure of some deep thoughts from our resident Indianan here on LLG this season. I, you know, do you feel like we talk too much live? Do you want to talk less live? Do you want to talk more LPGA? Do you want to talk LET? Do you want to talk a little bit more PGA Torque? I'll tell you, I don't. I like, I can't. I, those tournaments that, we didn't talk about on the podcast over the new years. I was so glad to not watch and not talk about because I just couldn't care less with all due respect to our favorite Jimmy Walker. Those fields are awful. I I cannot pretend to be interested in what's happening on the non elevated events on the PGA tour. What do you guys think? Personally, I I loved our off season. I similar to how Bryson was able to take care of uh, you know some health and and get into shape and and you know it's good. It's good to take a break. It's good to step away. You can't let truly an entertainment product in a game as silly as golf consume you. I, I so I think the off season's good. I think all in all, our year last year was good. You know, we learned a lot uh, both about the 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 podcasting element but also about ourselves and and how we uh work through some things as a, as a team and i think honestly pretty balanced you know i at the end of the day my passion is still to be entertained by professional golf and golf itself as a larger game shouldn't be a, shouldn't be subjected to the tyranny of professional golf um i've got some thoughts on that when we get to uh the genesis uh recap when we touch on that later but yeah, I mean, I think I think as long as we continue to fly by the important PGA tournaments, the designated events, I guess as they're called, and and the majors, of course, I still I love the majors, and to to follow live will be interesting to see how that continues to evolve in its first full season, I suppose you could say, and um, 
yeah, continue to cover LPGA and LET and touch on anything that's of interest. Again, it's yeah. to me it's supposed to be an entertainment product, so I want to be entertained by it. And then I want to occasionally interject some fun about our own golf experiences and trips and journeys and things like that too. Yeah, and we're not gonna we're not gonna be tied down to one of the great things about the fact that we don't have any sponsorships at this point is we're not beholden to anybody to put out content. So one of the big reasons we haven't been on is because we didn't feel the need to. Uh, and you know, I, there has been a clamor. We, I, we've gotten plenty of messages on Twitter and elsewhere, and you can always find me on Twitter. I got my takes. They're coming on Twitter. Desert Duffer LLG, I think my handle is. There's plenty to talk about there on Twitter, but you know, we're back. You know who else is back? Tiger Woods is back. The resident DUI king of Jupiter, Florida made his return to the scene of his, at least the last crime that we know about. Uh, he's back in LA this week. Tiger played at Riviera. They call it the Genesis now. It used to be the Nissan. I don't know, whatever it is. I didn't get out there this week. I was there last year. It's a great tournament. It's probably the best PGA Tour event that that the tour puts on. Uh, it's kind of a hassle for me. I live a little bit more on the east side. That's over there on the west side. But Tiger was back. He played. He made the cut. Did you guys watch? What did you think of Tiger's play? I definitely watched. I, you know, as much as I like to make fun of the fact that Tiger is at this point washed and it's over but it's i can't help but watch i i mean i made a point to to have it on tv whenever i could and to follow it on my phone and refresh the leaderboard honestly i was surprised he he made the cut um i thought it would be a struggle for him and he barely made it and seeing him have two good rounds and two less than good rounds is i feel like the norm at this point yeah. for him and, and it sounds like how he it- times them even though we got you know, pretty excited, obviously, to see him able to make it through 72 holes walking, it sounds like, according to Tiger, he's still not going to be playing a bunch of the events. He's going he's gonna to be in the majors and maybe a couple more. Do we expect him to win any this year, OTP? Or are you expecting a win out of Tiger Woods I told the 2023 schedule? I told my group chat that if Tiger got 10 starts for three years, he'd win once. That sounds about right. Right, like you, you expect maybe he can win one out of twenty or thirty events, but if he's going to be here playing six, you can't expect him to find lightning in a bottle and, and get a win. He's just—it doesn't seem like as good as he is. It doesn't seem like he has that level anymore over these other guys like Rom and Rory and Scheffler and Cantlay and I guess even Homa, who we'll talk about. But I mean, uh, you, you can't. I mean, can you really say that? I mean, he's played. He's played one time. He's get. He's getting better. His health is improving over time, it, right? There's no question. He's a different person than he was last year at the Open Championship. Yeah. So he's just needs to get a taste, right? You just need to get the old familiar feeling in your fingertips. Like, is it is it a bridge too far? Well, well, weren't those back surgeries a bridge too far? We were going to be a ceremonial player in 2017 also, and then we yeah. won the 2019 Masters. So if he can play the four majors, Memorial, this, something else on flat ground, you know, maybe maybe play the Scottish before the Open, who knows? I mean, he gets eight starts a year for three years, he'll win. He's got a, another poster or another sign on his bedroom wall that used to be Jack Nicholas. And now it's Phil Mickelson, the oldest major champion in golf history. 
who went and took the piss out of the 2019 Masters with that win. Now, everyone's trying to write off Phil now because he led the charge out of the PGA Tour. However, when it's also been playing like like garbage. Yeah, yeah. But when the when the story when the story of golf is written, when the history of golf is written, a lot of these political battles and things won't matter. It'll be the numbers on paper. It'll be the old. You want to be that piece of trivia, and he definitely wants to be that piece of trivia. Yeah, so I think Tiger still. Ha- I mean, he still has it. 180 mile an hour ball speed. Um, still had some incredible ball striking moments. To me, it's he's just got to figure out how to ration it and maintain and and play 72 holes. And and it's to me, it's like he's got to relearn his body, relearn his capabilities, when to when to press, when not to. Yeah, maybe he's got to. He's got to learn some new material too, right? I mean, so we, we we got a little taste of the old Tiger Woods sense of humor with Tampon Gate this week. Let's get some thoughts, some hot takes on Tampon Gate. OTP, was it overblown? Was it a real story? What t- tell me what you thought about it. This is heartbreakingly stupid on all accounts, in my opinion. Tiger Woods is heartbreakingly stupid for making a joke so heartbreakingly stupid. Well, but in all seriousness, he knows he's perhaps the most photographed person in the world. All eyes are on him at all times, especially on a golf course. There's no way he didn't realize that somebody was going to see that. And he must have thought, this is cool. I, I can't wait to tell the media tent about this joke that I played on JT after the round, right? Like he thought, he, he, he was convinced that in 2023, that's something that you, Tiger Woods, serial DUI guy, serial philanderer, can get away with. And I guess he sort of did, right? Yeah. Did, did I, he? Is he? Is he uncancelable? Is he just so dumb? He's got to be. I mean, what a I, fool! I, what a fool! It's uh, to me. It's to, it. I, I hate to think of it this way, but it just it does feel like much to do about nothing. It just feels like a dumb joke in a dumb time. I, why not? Like it feels also just like practice round material like why is tiger doing that during tournament rounds it feels yeah that's what i'm saying killer cat it doesn't feel like i don't know that doesn't feel like the old i'm in my zone don't bug me tiger it feels like this like grandpa tiger just having fun out there with the boys and i don't really like that yeah are we surprised to learn that tiger woods and justin thomas exchange locker room humor of course not no are are any of the three of us saying that we've never made a crash joke in private among the three of us of course of course we're not but we're again not tiger woods with the eyes of the world on him in public at a golf tournament for the first time in forever it's just it's stupid it 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 is it's mind-bendingly stupid and you know, I don't know why we expect any more from certainly not JT, but either one of these guys at this point. So that it is what it is. Moving on to somebody that people universally seem to like, I guess, Max Homa. Max Homa couldn't close the deal, but almost did. Kind of a hometown boy. He's from SoCal. He really wanted to uh, win at Riviera. You could see tears in his eyes after not getting it done yesterday with John Rahm taking it. What are your thoughts on Max Homa? I want to know each of you as a person, as a player, and I want to know what are your expectations for him this year, specifically in 2023, J-Score? So I I like Homa. I I mean, I find him entertaining. Again, as as my my ethos is that pro golf should be entertaining, and he's a character. He's accessible. He 
makes himself out there, which is good. Do I always like it? Do some of his antics get glossed over, like double hand whipping a wedge around when he has a bad shot of a bunker? Does he kind of get a pass for some of that behavior when other guys Mm -hmm. like, I don't know, Sergio would get just raked over the coals for it? And I know people say it's resume, it's body of work, it's whatever, but you know, again, he's he's entertaining to me. So, uh, you know, I'm going to I'm going to tune in and I hope he plays well. I hope it's not just like a Tom Hoagie situation where they're they play well in California, Arizona, that kind of environment and don't really show up elsewhere. But um, I, I think he's on, I mean, he's on I'm buying his stock right now. I mean, he's trending Listen, the right way and it, it, he's been awful in majors. OK, he's been in just an, an absolute disgrace in majors. I don't think he has a top 10 in his career so far in majors. He's going to have to turn the page there. He's going to have to do something in majors this year to be put in this conversation that, you know, the fools of the world and Kyle Porter, who I, I, I was blocked by at some point on Twitter a few weeks ago, you know, asks whether he's one of the three best players in the world. You've never made a top 10 in a major. You're not one of the three best players in the world. Okay. I, and as for his personality, I don't get this. Listen, he seems like a nice enough guy. Is he the, but just because he goes on every single podcast, he'll show up whenever asked. Does that make him as thoughtful as I'm constantly hearing that he is? I think his, like his intelligence level is wildly overblown. He's not well-spoken. He speaks a lot, but he's not well-spoken. He sounds, exactly. He sounds like any skater kid from Southern California. And I'm kind of tired of, of this sort of lionization of him that I'm getting from it's golf Twitter, really. It's golf Twitter, right? You got the you got the barstool guys and you got the no laying up guys, and they both love Max, so it's just inundated with Max Homa and how wonderful he is. And it's it's a bit much, I think, at this point. Yeah, there is a part of me, and I you know, I've heard some some stories from some NCAA players and things like that where, you know, he's a he's he's exactly that. He's a California kid. And so for somebody like me from the frozen hinterlands of North Dakota, I bet I would find a lot of his shtick sort of off-putting on a personal yeah, he's, level. Yeah, it's not really uh, the everyman that he's being made out to be. He's a, you know, it's, he's a coastal kid. He's a, he's a skater kid. He's fine. He's fine. But yeah. Max Homa, keep doing your thing. Do it in the majors before I have to talk about you regularly because congratulations winning these lesser events. But it, you're right. Is he a, He's maybe a rich man's poor uh, Tom Hoagie. Yeah, that's it, what he seems that's, like. Yeah, I mean, I got thirty seconds on this. All right, so maybe Give me a minute. Maybe he's accessible like a fox. Well spoken is overrated. Someone who's just so sensitive and so tender and so <laughs> beloved, like like my beloved Rory McAvelly. Okay, uh, Rory like, McIlroy. You want to talk about? No, Lord, Lord no. Lord I got. I got. I got to get this in. Why Homa's good? Like. The first five times he got a sniff of the lead, he won the tournament. One from the front, and he won from behind. He came through when it mattered. People love that. Um, the, it wasn't a tale of oh, you got so close, and then you didn't get it done. The other thing was he's a high, he was a high achieving amateur, like a Walker Cup level player. Yeah. Lost his game completely. Lost his card. Kind of went back to square one. Rebuilt his golf game, and now just keeps going up kind of a monster. The next step is majors, I will grant you, but he hasn't had much time. I mean, he's only played in five majors as a top 100 player, probably. 
because his, uh, because his ascent has been that fast. I mean, okay. when he, when, I mean, he won one tournament and then he went two years without winning one and it's been rapid probably. I bet he hasn't been in the top 50 for two years. I think he got to th- like 35 yeah, last we'll year t- and now he keeps winning and goes to eight. So I'm saying, yay, Max, use the tools that are in front of you make a great impression on people. Use it to your advantage. Hell yeah. Good All right, you, we, got a, we got a Pro Max from OTP. And then, of course, the winner of the tournament, John Rahm, the Spaniard, the number one player in the world, according to the OWGR, I think according to Data Golf, probably according to me, OTP, is he the best player in the world? Uh, as we sit right here, absolutely. Um, all, according to Data Golf, on like the fifth best heater of the last 50 years, three strokes gained. Or something like that, two point seven five, some huge number, which is absurd. Um, also, is turning into one of those guys that you can count on to go to the front. Like he's starting to he's starting to have forward momentum in his game. That was the famous thing about Tiger. He never went backwards. He got to fifth, and then he got to fourth, and then he got to second. They got to first. This kind of thing. You know, there's been a lot of talk about his consistency uh, forever, which is true. But he's starting to get to the front and stay there. And he made some big putts on Sunday. I don't think he drove the ball too well all week. Made some big putts on Sunday. His iron game is always splendid. Is there? Does he have any weakness? What What's not great about John Rahm right now? And is he going to win a major this year? Is he going to win two? What do you think his major uh, outlook is this year, Chase Gore? I I think he could win two. I, I mean, he could. I mean, could he win three? I. It's hard. He's so good right now. He's so fun to watch. He's entertaining. He gets himself fired up. And that only, like, when he gets fired up, I feel like that's when he's going to make a 25-foot putt or punch it close from who knows where and do something cool. And he's he's great. And he's got a personality. He's he's fiery. He's candid. He, I I still... Last year with the the live stuff and the designated events and the Tiger Tour and blah, blah, blah. Like his sort of just like, what are we doing here? And kind of complaining <laughs> about the schedule and sort of being like, well, now that my schedule sort of made for me, it's, I guess, kind of nice. But I didn't think I was going to play this much, but it's still kind of nice. And I I don't know. I'm all in on John Rahm right now. Yeah. So his game is flawless. His emotions are still, he still runs hot. Is it, do you think at this point it's a feature and not a bug of his game, the, the emotional nature of it? Or does he get in his own way sometimes with the, you know, the way he gets upset? I think it's a feature right now I, until it's not. I mean, that's the thing about like fiery personalities, right? And emotive performances on the course is like they're, they're features until they're bugs. But, you know, we were talking about Max Homa. He's whipped a few clubs here and there, and that kind of gets glossed over for him because I think it's a bug for Homa, but I think it's a, a feature for Rom. Yeah, I'm a big, I'm a big Rom fan. I, I agree. I like to hear what he has to say off the course. I think he's one of the very few genuine players out there. He says what's on his mind. Uh, you know, it's not always in agreement with the prevailing winds from Pontevedra. Uh, you know, he's loyal to his friends, it seems like, mm-hmm. and he's open-minded about the situation that's going on in golf. And I think that's a, it's a refreshing attitude to see. So big fan yeah. of John Rom. Yeah. I'm excited to see what he does this year. I, I, I root for greatness and, you know, we're always looking for that next player to go on that just wild heater. And, and he's certainly set up to 
do some damage this year if he can maintain. But Thank maybe let's much. move on now. Let's talk about little Lord McElroy. He didn't didn't impress this week at Riviera. He made the cut, but he I don't know. He finished outside the top twenty, I think. What's going on with Rory, JT? You're our Rory guy. What's news with Rory? Um, until three weeks ago, he was on one of the all time heaters in golf history. So he's only played a couple of tournaments since he won five out of seven or something. Um, the the great hero of 2022, right? He uh, asserts his dominance over the game of golf on and off the golf course. And now maybe maybe just taking a little bit of respite, just kind of settling back in, rebuilding the routine and preparing for Augusta. This is the dragon he needs to slay. He only needs to win the Masters to complete the set. And that's kind of the all-consuming. Yeah, thing. he has. He doesn't have a chance in hell. But I want to. I want to get back to a second of you saying. <laughs> you saying that he asserted his dominance on and off the golf course. Was this in his 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 public demand that Greg Norman be fired? That that didn't work out. I, I was really upset. One of the things that I was upset that we didn't get to talk about on the podcast over our extended break was poor little little Rory at his $25 million mansion at the Bears Club, was served with a subpoena on Christmas Eve. Can you imagine? Do people have no shame? This Larry Clayman, what are we going to do in the world, fellas, if if people like Rory are being served with a subpoena at his home, his $25 million mansion on Christmas Eve? And wait, wait, before you answer, why was he answering the door... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> at his mansion to be personally served by a process server on Christmas Eve. Is it that easy to walk up to, to Roy McElroy's house? Because his address is, it's a matter of public record. Everyone knows what it is. It's out there. What, what, what was going on? Why does everyone think that it's a big deal to be handed a piece of paper? I know it's, but if you know, Oh, just, did, oh the, the humanity, someone was handed an envelope that they were going to receive eventually. That they, don't, guys, that they don't understand, they can probably not read, and they're just going to hand it to someone else anyway. Who cares? It's unbelievable. Like the greatest indignity ever, Roy McElroy was served on Christmas Eve. You know, we haven't talked about it, but we've subsequently learned another uh, piece of grist for the outrage mill. Davis Love III, tour spokesperson Davis Love III, he was served with a subpoena also by Larry Clayman. On December 30th, the day before New Year's Eve, they put that in a filing. And then on the day before New Year's Eve, we are now two days removed from a holiday. Like, what is what, what is going on in the golf world that they think everything has to shut down? What's the line of demarcation for when it's okay to serve a subpoena? Because this was... December 30th, the day before New Year's New Year's Eve is not a holiday, as far as I know, in Georgia where Davis Love lives. What how much time does he need? Does the world have to shut down for two weeks around the holidays so pro golfers can have a, a peaceful holiday season with their family behind their massive homes? It's just unbelievable. Again, people just making this out like they had they were drawn into their front yard to have a sword fight that they weren't <laughs> that they that they weren't trained for. Literally, I've been served. You literally open the door and they go, Are you Jason Terrell? Yes. Oh, it's You've me. Hi served. everyone. I'm Jason Terrell. <laughs> and I say, Hey, yes, it's me. And they go, Oh, well, here you go. You've been served. Oh, okay, great. And you Do throw you it. Re- 
And you hand you it to your lawyer and you move you upset on. Is, is because you, you had planned to duck this service for some time. Like, I'm really upset. You knew you knew they wanted to take your deposition. Tiger, Rory, Davis Love III. Why do you care when you got the piece of paper? It, it's it's ridiculous. It's absolutely insane. And again, th- maybe the th- the second heartbreakingly stupid of our episode so far. Just heartbreakingly <laughs> stupid. But it's it's well, so on brand for pro golfers, though. Like they make the tiniest things seem like the biggest explosive thing. The T flick. I you know I don't even want to talk about the T flick to be honest <laughs> with you because flick. I mean I mean you you would you'd you'd think they nearly went to blows over this thing with how the media wanted to talk about it, but. They just, it's just, it's so on brand for golf. You think, you hear, uh, staying on Riviera, they all hate hole 10 with just incredible passion and they're whining and complaining and it's, it might be one of the best short par fours in all of golf and it, it, it just, it's truly just, it's very on brand for golfers to take these tiny things, these inconveniences, these inconveniences and just make them seem like they're basically the end of the world for them. Yeah, and and you know that it, you're right. That is what golf's all about: making uh, you know the pedestrian try to seem important. And that brings us to our next topic. I think it's the Netflix documentary series Full Swing, which is by the creators of the Drive to Survive series, which was a big hit. It's from what I understand, a pale imitation of the Drive to Survive series, which I didn't watch because I'm not interested in. F1 racing. Fellas, have you seen Full Swing? Any of the episodes yet? Yeah, I'm I'm two episodes in so far, maybe three. I can't remember. I gotta be honest with you, Last of Us is consuming most of my appointment TV viewing. So um, but we're two episodes in on Full Swing. And it's 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 adequate it's fine you know it's i i'm pretty convinced it's it's not really for me as a as a golf sicko and somebody who thinks about golf all the time um but it's done well it's produced really well so i mean so far i'm i'm enjoying it i'll get through it eventually two episodes in i find brooks to be uh funny i guess in a not haha way but um is it something that just should be like a, you know, Monday morning on Golf Channel? Like, is this a is this really a big budget, big deal thing? Like, okay, it's a little behind the scenes stuff with golf. There's still, I have, I have not watched the show. I'm not going to watch the show. I've watched Last of Us. I got a lot of stuff on my TV plate. Uh, the Netflix full swing series is not on it because like, why am I supposed to care what Brooks is eating for breakfast or whether he's upset about his declining game or how injuries are impacting his game? I don't want, I don't care about Tony Finau's kids. Like, I just don't care. Why should I? Is there, I want to know from you guys, because I trust your opinion. Is there anything really compelling on this show? Like, should I take time away and watch this series? Oh, I don't know for sure. I think the effort. Well, I mean, I don't know for sure. I don't know what compels you. That's a that's a goodness that's a question only I you mean, can answer. G- I mean, gray on gray with the gray. I don't know what to tell you, buddy. But they're trying to create some personalities to add to the to the image value to the nil value uh, mm. of the PGA Tour, and this is one way they can do it: is to tell as many stories as they can. Everyone bought in pretty well because they know how important it is. Then they then the producers of this show lucked out that the only interesting thing in the golf business that's happened in the last 179 years 
actually happened last year with the uh, advent of live and the splintering of the, the top tier of professional golf. So uh, I hope to hear some interesting things uh, to see some folks go through the decision-making process. I hope for the sake of, of folks who have been demonized by the media for going to play in live golf. I hope that uh, people can see how heartfelt and how deep the decision-making process was so that perhaps they can empathize. Yeah, I think. Do any of your non-golf friends or family? Do you know if they're watching this show? What what what's your sense of how the non-golf public is responding to this program? I don't have any non-golf public in my life. I uh, <laughs> I, I I'll ask around, Duff. I I haven't yet. I can't imagine they even are aware that it exists. Um, is kind of my guess. Um. Well, they you put know, the big push on, right? Like there was a Super Bowl ad, and they're they're trying to get people to to buy into this thing. I just don't know how effective it is. I, and I'm, I'm sure mom is listening out there. Hi, mom. I know mom's not watching the full swing show on Netflix. So. But I think, you know, to my earlier point in the show about how at the end of the day, like pro golf should be entertaining um, and it should be an entertainment product. They're trying to build out these personalities or make people aware of these personalities. Now, the my question though is, do the type of people who are capable of competing at that high of a level on a consistent basis to maintain status with the PGA tour and other leagues like it, are they the type of people who even have interesting personalities? And, you know, we don't have to unpack that here, but you know, uh, interesting people, I think in this game sport at that level are honestly few and far between. And so I think a lot of it is going to be manufactured and, really at the end of the day, just a big nothing burger for me personally. And knowing you, Duff, probably you'd find it incredibly uncompelling and just telling you things you already knew. It, it sounds like there's going to be a season two. Is, is that what you've heard? We're going we're gonna to see an, another round of this with different players. It's going to be like a the hard knocks on HBO. I mean, every I, year we get a, a different group. I mean, I knowing just, Netflix, I, I mean, it might, it might happen. It might not. I don't know. Maybe a season two and then they'll just can it. I have no idea, but yes, they, they have a reputation for saying they're going to do something. And then all of a sudden they just back away as if it never happened. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, I'm, I, I'm still not going to watch, uh, moving <laughs> on. We, there was, uh, there was also some, some pro golf in, uh, King Abdullah economic city. I believe it was outside of Jeddah this week. Yes. Many of the top ladies players in the world were there for the Saudi ladies invitational. Uh, presented by the Saudi Arabian pub, uh, the PIF, the, the the public investment fund of Saudi Arabia. Lydia Ko, the number one player in the world, won again. That was her first victory, I believe, her first pro victory since getting married. Uh, all the players were there. Lexi, Lexi Thompson, who hates traveling, doesn't even go and play the Evian, which is a major uh, up in the Alps. She took a trip to Saudi Arabia to to play. She came in, uh, I think she finished tied for third, picked up a $235,000 check along with, I have to imagine she got maybe some little incentive from the fine people at the PIF to show up. OTP, what do you, th- what do you think, uh, Lydia? Wh- what's going on in women's golf? Is this going to be a big year for Lydia? Is it going to be a big year for Lexi? Is Lexi going to break through and finally win another major? Any thoughts on women's golf? I, I don't know about big pre- predictions for 
Lexi getting off the schneid, but let's hope she does because that's great for everyone involved in the sport. Most marketable uh, American player. Let's do it. Um, Nelly primed still back on the upswing coming off the injury, uh, made an equipment change. Um, everyone, uh, she made a big impression on everyone at the QBE shootout in Naples, uh, playing in the, uh, in that tournament with, with PGA tour players. They were all, uh, uh, envious of her short game, et cetera, et cetera. Um, my thought for the LPGA tour is Liv needs to buy the LPGA tour. That's my thought. Like um, for for developing their game and for them to receive the kind of money that they earn to their skill, that would be tremendous. Um, the, they already have a, a worldwide tour um, in that they travel to many countries. The ladies' European tour is on its last leg. Um, they could call it whatever they wanted to call it, um, but a great opportunity for for women and also for the PIF. I mean, to be honest. Um, in terms of who I'm personally watching, I'm watching Paula Rito, um, former Purdue player, um, has made a, has a had a resurgent career um, over the last couple of years. Uh, looking forward to that, and we're always watching. Yeah, I was more. I was going to mention Paula Rito. She made the trip out there to Jeddah. She did not make the cut though. OTP yeah. OTP's favorite bummer. player, Paula Rito. Yeah, bummer. But uh, well, maybe second favorite because I mean Lauren's got to be number one. Lauren Coughlin. Yeah. Number two, uh, finishing second was Aditya Shock, the Indian who, remember, she came in fourth at the Olympics in Tokyo a couple of years ago and is just, it seems like a great, great young player. She she putts her brains out. I mean, she is, she, she might be the best putter in golf right now, Aditya Shock. Uh, finished one behind Lydia, 450 grand. Lydia won $750,000. So I don't know, is the LET dead? These uh, public investment fund, the, the Saudi Aramco series and this Saudi Ladies Invitational are paying big purses. So, you know, maybe that's maybe they want to do it through Europe. But we, we haven't talked about and I, I don't know what's going on because it's all sort of behind the scenes. But apparently the European arbitration between the live players and the DP World Tour was set to happen the hearing was set to happen sometime this month i haven't heard how that's going what the result's going to be when we're going to hear uh, a, a verdict or a finding in that case um but it you know if the live players are going to continue to be able to play on the dp world tour it seems like europe could be the base of operations for the golf that you know the, the public investment fund has in mind and, and they could base it out of the ladies european tour all right. So, I, other finally, the, one thing I want to say about that tournament, Lilia Vu, who's one of my favorite uh, golfers on the LPGA tour, she was over there. She finished T three along with Lexi Thompson and Manon Duray. Uh, Lilia is up to number thirty three in the world, and why that's kind of interesting to me is her. Lilia was at uh, UCLA with Patty Tavatanikit, the twenty twenty one ANA Inspiration Nate. Dinah Shore Invitational. Patty T is down to 66th in the world. She is falling off the planet. Haven't heard anything from her on Instagram. I don't know what's up with Patty T. Man, I hope she turns on because she's fun to watch when she has the game going. So best of luck to Patty T, but still we're, we're excited about Lilia Vu. All right, let's talk uh, 
the big news this week, of course, is the return of Live Golf. We're in Mexico for the first tournament of the year. We should talk about the off-season in Live Golf. There hasn't really been that much happening. OTP, Live's off-season. What's your pick for the biggest news in the off-season in the world of Live Golf this year? Well, I hate to be uh, coy or whatever, but I think the biggest live news of the offseason was the lack of news on one front. Um, so much has been made of the, um, uh, the the startup nature of the business and how so how things are developing quickly, you know, and there isn't a, a long term commitment um, by ownership. And it, that kind of thing runs through everything a, a business does. And if there were some kind of statement or some kind of uh, uh, public whatever to say that Liv was fully funded, let's say, for seven years, and they basically say that they stand behind their investment and they'll reassess at year five and and go up for three more years after that, um, kind of announcing a a 10-year plan, let's say, for what the league should look like. Um, No, because uh, having having funding available is – a key thing, and we we much has been made of how much money is generated by Aramco and how much money the public investment fund has, but uh, setting that money aside and declaring it for that use and that long term commitment, I think, would have been huge. Um, uh, related to a couple of things, uh, not only for the players that exist now, there was something that had to be done to get the league going, to get names that people recognized, and get some star power, if you would, um, but the landscape of golf and professional golf and who is there changes very quickly. And it would be a big thing if they were to say, we're definitely going to keep this going for 10 years because there's only about one third of the top 25, let's say that was in the top 25 five years ago. Like in, in 2018, DJ was one, Rom two, Speed three, JT four, Rose five, Hideki six, Ricky Fowler was seven, Jason Day was eight, Kepka was nine, Rory was tenth. So there's been a lot of shakeup. And the, as you go down farther in that list, there are many players who are not even meaningful to professional golf right now who are top 20 players then. So if there was a 10-year commitment to, gr- to grab every new piece of talent uh, that would come, uh, I think that would be it would have been huge. Uh, well, I mean, isn't the absence of of a commitment to a time period saying that we have an indefinite time horizon? I mean, I, I haven't heard anything, and we have no reason to believe the plan isn't for live to be an ongoing concern for this league to continue to exist for the indefinite future. I think you get into if you say, "Well, we're going to do this for ten years," you get into a like, "Okay, well, now we're nearing." We're, we're at year eight and where we're going to go then. And we're always renewing some non-existent contract. I think the idea is that these teams are going to be independent concerns and the owners of those teams will recruit new players as time goes by. So yes, if it turns out that Cam Smith or Patrick Reed or Bryson DeChambeau no longer has the game four, six years down the road, the assumption is that new players will come in to take their place. Is that sort of what you're talking about? Not really. Um, Pro golf only exists as long as the television deal exists. So the PGA tour is only on the hook for six more years. That's all. That's as long as there's going to be any prize money. Right. So uh, 
like I mentioned in there that I just kind of thought that if they said we're, we're going for, for 10 years for sure. And after seven, we're going to, we're going to option for more after that, that, that would be that thing. So they have, they would give themselves time. And then for folks who are wondering what their professional future is going to be, um, nothing happened this winter to tilt the competitive balance of golf in their favor. And uh, that needed to happen. So if you're uh, if you're impatient, you needed to do it in one year. And they've shown that they weren't. So they need to make a commitment that says we have a long term plan to tilt the competitive balance of golf. Okay, your point is taken. I would I would argue that the one thing that did happen this winter to tilt the competitive balance or to make this a viable concern in the future is that. Each of the majors has said that uh, live players will be permitted to play as long as they fulfill the other qualifications that have continued to exist. So from my standpoint, when you're and I think the biggest thing is it's I, I would disagree about the TV contract, but we'll talk about the TV contract in a little bit. I think the biggest thing is continuing to attract top tier players. And I think the biggest obstacle thus far to that has been the question surrounding whether the the best players would be able to play in the majors, which is what so many of these players seem to care about more than anything. So I think that was a big development, but your point is taken and we'll, we'll keep an eye on that going forward. Jay score. What about you? What what was the big news uh, from your end? Yeah. I mean, for me, I, I, I'm, I'm with JT on the, the lack of like big news overall seems a bit like a story in and of itself, but my my big news is, and Duff, you touched on it, is is the majors, specifically the Masters, the Green Jackets, um, standing pat on if you're qualified, you're you're allowed to play. We're not barring you just because you you're playing on the Live Tour now, which to me is really great. I mean, again, as a golf fan, I've got the majors up on a pedestal like they should be. It's where I want to see the best players compete. Uh, on spectacular golf courses, usually uh, the Masters being one that stands out. Same course every year, yada yada. Everybody knows it, and it's great. And as of right now, sixteen live golfers uh, meet the qualification standards, uh, which includes my guy Bryson, of course, uh, Brooks Kepka, Cam Smith, Sergio, Phil, DJ, Reed, Bubba, Schwartzel, and then a slew of folks that. Uh, fell inside the top 50. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, year, I, keep, so. I keep hearing about the, the Champions Dinner. Ooh, is there going to be tension at the Champions Dinner? And are these guys going to be welcome at the Champions Dinner? Don't we? I think at this point we have more active players uh, at the Champions Dinner that play on Live than are playing on the PGA Tour. I, I mean, I, I, don't, I don't know who's welcome and who's unwelcome. You know, there's a whole lot of green jacket winners on Live Golf Tour right now, so... Yeah. There really is. And I think, you know, the one thing that's still going to be interesting, right, is how does the OWGR, the ranking system, all that stuff play out? Because a, a, a slew of folks on live, um, seven of them um, are in because of their ranking at the end of the calendar year in 2022. So obviously, depending on how the OWGR thing plays out and how many points they earn, they might just slowly descend into irrelevance. Now, whether that's fair or the right thing to do is, you know, something that is 
interesting yeah, well, to me um and i'll continue to watch that but yeah so one point about the owgr they have been dragged into the litigation they've been uh, i think specifically named as a defendant in larry clayman's lawsuit in florida and they've certainly been subject to discovery in the main lawsuit in the northern district of california so the owgr has found themselves under the microscope uh, of the United States courts. And for that reason, I think this was something I tweeted about several months ago, that it was ridiculous that the members of the OWGR's board who were running the PGA Tour and running the DP World Tour were sitting there deciding the future of Live and its ability to get ranking points going forward. I said that, you know, from my reading, and I'm not a, an attorney in the United Kingdom, obviously, but I had read... So the statutory law there, and there was a requirement that they um, step aside and recuse themselves in this consideration, and they didn't do it, and they went so far as to amend their bylaws to uh, permit them to to consider things even when they had a conflict of interest. It sounds like just a month or two ago, they finally recused themselves. So theoretically, Jay Monahan will not be involved in the decision as to whether live events get OWGR points going forward. So that's something to keep an eye on, I think. My pick, you know, JT talked about it, the the television contract. I don't know how important the TV contract is. Certainly it was something that everyone had all eyes on. This wasn't going to be a real product unless it was on TV in the United States, not internet TV. Well, they got a deal. They got a deal with the CW Live events are going to be on the CW app, and they're going to be on every CW affiliate, from what I understand, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. I'm, I'm getting some looks. I, I just, I, it's, to me, it's a step backwards, <laughs> but no, I, it is I, good right, news. So, so let's talk about that. I, I heard people say that, that it was a step backwards because YouTube has more viewers. Well, that, I mean, that doesn't make any sense. That's like saying, you know, it's... You know, the NFL should be on YouTube because there are more eyeballs instead of, of being on NBC and Fox and ESPN. I mean, the value of TV is that you're getting people who otherwise would not be seeking it out. You get some eyeballs, sort of casual eyeballs. And what it leads to ultimately, and we'll see what the advertising is like this season. I it'll be I'll be curious to see. There are going to be metrics that the CW and Liv have access to, and those will be things that are being shopped to potential advertisers. So it'll be interesting to see when the first major advertiser comes on. And to me, that's when the ball really starts rolling downhill. I mean, if, if people I, I are watching, some, advertisers want to get the there. I saw some Liv Twitter activity about a possible corporate sponsor being announced. I don't know if that's it. There's so much noise. Yeah, I think there was a... A, a Corrigan, a James know. Corrigan report that uh, said that there may be a, a first sponsor being announced uh, this but, week in, in Mexico. So, so for me, Duff, my step backwards take is personally just selfish because I find YouTube to be very convenient. I know how to find stuff. But to your point about how nobody casually pops into YouTube and randomly stumbles upon live golf, right? The algorithm is entrenched. Your cookies on your computer will dictate what gets presented to you. Whereas on CW or on cable or satellite or 
broadcast television, you, you might channel surf. That's still a thing. Or at least and at the, the and on the big screen in the on. clubhouse at the golf club, right? Like the, yeah. nobody, nobody's putting YouTube up. Most of these clubs don't have the internet connected to their TV. Yeah. It's hard enough to get their, their cable turned on a golf channel. So I think you're going to see a lot more eyeballs at places like the, the clubhouse at the private clubs and in public Sports courses. Sports bars, all kinds yeah, of stuff exactly. like that. Yeah. I, it's just for me, it's like I, I'm familiar with YouTube. My YouTube is littered with golf content. So it's I'm dialed into the algorithm, of course. Um, but yeah, you're right. I For growing the audience and the audience that Liv is trying to target uh, – yeah, I, I suppose it makes sense. So it sounds we'll like see how it goes, and, and it sounds like the all three rounds will be available on the CW app, which, as I understand, is available for free to download, and you don't need a subscription, and you don't need to put your email address. This is what I understand. I could be wrong, but you can watch all three rounds on the CW app. But Friday is available only on the CW app. So it will not be on CW affiliate channels on Friday. You, if you want to watch on Friday, you'll have to watch only on the app. Saturday and Sunday will be available uh, in your broadcast TV. So, so I've, I have yet to download the app. Um, so our next episode, I, I will have a full report on the experience. <laughs> and, and do they take my email address and spam me with advertisements or what is what goes on? So yeah. I'll let everybody know all right beyond that the the other big news of course is we had some new team names we had some team name changes and we had some team roster changes team names the big uh well otp what are your thoughts on the new team names i did not think that i would ever hear the phrase range goat (laughs) in my life i have no concept of what a range goat might be i have no idea how that ever got from one person's mouth to the second person's ears, and then that wasn't the end of it. Well, it's remember, it's Bubba's team, so that's isn't that all you really need to know? It's Bubba Watson's team. It consists. Does somebody of own Bubba. Range Rat already? Does Scotty Cameron own Range Rat or something? Like I think that? he liked the you know it's a double thing, you know the goat thing. I, don't know. It's, it's I really I really thought nine out of twelve were going to change. Yeah. yeah. Not right. not one out of two. Like we still have iron heads, ladies and gentlemen. And we do. We we still have the cliques. cliques. The cliques are a team. The cliques. It, <laughs> but wait, I want to talk about the range goats for a second. So this is Bubba's team. Uh Harold Varner the third, Taylor Gooch, and Thomas Peters. This could be a legit team. We'll talk in a little bit about our picks going forward, but I like the team as constituted this year. And I like the logo. So say what you will about the range goats. But that goat may be the the new hot logo for for Live Golf. What do you think? Am I I'm on an island here? You don't like the goat? No, I have. I'm fine with it. I mean, I, I just can't. I still kind of can't believe it. Like, <laughs> I mean, I I can't believe that like every team doesn't have a home course. I can't believe that 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 they haven't tried to conjure some kind of concept of home. So because yeah. people have something to identify with. All of these terms are placeholder type terms um, that don't mean anything. I like that idea of a home course. You get you circulate the uh, or at least a home hometown, right? I, I, Let them pick I, pin I, I positions. Apologize. I mean, it could get pretty fun. 
I apologize that I can't credit the 19 people who have told me that over this winter. Oh, right. <laughs> about, here'd be a good idea for them if you know, cause you're in touch with it. Probably, you're in the media. You? You're in the media, OTB. Just it's, take credit for it. It's the first time hearing it, but I like the GOAT logo. Now, that contrast that with the other new team name, which is – is it is it singular or plural? It's Ripper. And, and Ripper. I'm, yeah. So uh, Punch GC, which is the Australian team led by Cam Smith – has changed its name to Ripper, and I think this is just awful. They, they are, their home is home to 9 million different species of venomous, poisonous spiders and snakes. There are just a, a massive variety of scary-looking creatures and critters that they could have chosen from, and they went with Ripper, and, you know, listen – all due respect and all love for our Australian fans. I, I love the Aussies, uh, but I got to call it like I see it. Like, like what your government did to Djokovic at the Australian Open last year, that was an absolute travesty. And the only thing nearing that, I think, right now is that Cam Smith, one of the two or three best players in the world, named his team Ripper. It, it's just awful. And I don't want to hear about, well, the, the logo looks a little bit like the flag it's it's terrible the logo's terrible the name is terrible this is a huge miss for me what are your you guys like that i you know i'm with you it could have been a lot better in australia it certainly could have been better uh but maybe it plays big down there i don't know i'm I, i'm excited for jediah morgan's back on the team uh the aussies are reunited they're gonna be in adelaide listen i love April. the guys i love cam fun. smith i love leishman I, i'm a big fan of the team i'm a big fan of the country the name stinks it's just terrible i got they, so they tell me they tell me it's a very aussie name or word yeah I, so yeah i'm just gonna i'm gonna i guess i'm just gonna buy what they're selling me for well, yeah. we'll see I got, uh, over here over here on screen number two i have a list of australian slang terms it's number 11 ripper means really great yeah oh, the really just, great golf club that is so bad but and yeah, then I mean, we had, we had some, more now that you told me that otp <laughs> we also had some logo changes and the one i am greatly disappointed over is the torque i think the new torque logo is awful you guys can see that i'm wearing the old torque logo on my hat, I think it's the best. It was the best logo in Live Golf. I get compliments on this hat all the time. Just a couple of days ago, the man at Costco asked me what the hat was, and he really <laughs> liked it. And now we've got some really just fiver designed triple T thing. I just it's it's no good. It's no good. That team is led by Joaquin Neiman, features Sebastian Munoz, Mito Pereira, and. Uh, JT's favorite, David Pouge. Go Pouge. Go Pouge. We love this. Um, one more notable thing we need to talk about. Um, your front-running Four Aces fandom um, has to take a little bit of a hit or be a little bit tenuous due to the loss of Taylor Gooch, replaced by Peter Uline. What do yeah. you think? Yeah, uh, it's a huge loss, obviously. Taylor Gooch was one of the most consistent players in Live Golf last year. DJ Patrick Reed are still that's top two duo in this league. Remember, Uline played so well last year. It's possible that was a that was a lateral trade. I mean, maybe maybe you're not going to miss anything. The big question mark, of course, is going to be Pat Perez. I mean, 
He's a remember, glue guy, Dove. <laughs> well, yeah, but remember, remember what changed in the latter half of the season last year? We went from counting only two scores uh, on the first day to counting three scores. That could make all the difference. There's less room to hide this year. I don't, I don't see four aces repeating the performance they had last year, but we'll talk about that in a minute. Uh, any other thoughts on the new logos or new teams or new team names? I want to talk about the uh, – let's talk about Phil's team for a second, the high flyers. Phil's team yeah. – so we, we got an announcement just in the last couple of days that Brendan Steele had joined Liv, and he's going to be on the high flyers with Phil along with Cameron Tringale and James Piet. Piet, Piet, we're still doing this every – we're going to do this every week. I don't know. That yeah. team is – that team's going to struggle. I, I know what is going on. Phil is kind of in in many ways the figurehead of this league. You know, he put his entire life and and golf reputation on the line to to help start this league and his team is just some people are speculating that Brendan Steele is kind of a last minute replacement and that spot was held for a bigger name that Phil had thought he was going to get and and just couldn't get done what do you think of this team this this bottom tier team right for sure i i'm not expecting much out of the high flyers i mean it'll be cool if phil can play serviceable golf for a portion of the year but i mean he looked so bad last year will 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 he settle in and and look at all like phil this year because the team is well, he doesn't need- look anything like phil he lo- apparently lost like 30 pounds it's clearly on Munjaro or ozempic or one of the new weight loss drugs but uh you know so far the weight loss didn't help in in his his first tournament out a couple of weeks ago so i i am i think that's a, that might be a last place team that's that's what i think all right. I'm still I'm still really excited uh, for the Crushers. I'm gonna again be all in on my team this year. Bryson trimming weight. He uh, went and had a full body MRI. Had a cyst or something in his sinus that was affecting his breathing. Had that sinus thing taken cyst. out. Yeah, you don't want um, that. Sounds I guess he's bad. got you know his oxygen rates are better now. His his vertigo <laughs> is cleared up. His you know. So I'm, 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 and crushes, no changes. Stan and Pat, a very, at the second half of the season, for those who don't recall, they were, they were competing. Yeah, the crushers are Bryson, Paul Casey, Charles Howell III, and Bon Lahiri. Like that team. I mean, that's, that's a solid team. All right. Well, then let's, let's go to, you know, we're starting this week. We're in Mexico. First event of the year for Live Golf. We're going to do our picks. So we're doing a different, we're, we're doing things differently this year. We're going to have some, some gambling, some picks. Uh, we're going to keep track. So here's how we're going to do it. We're each going to pick a team for the whole year. So you got to, you got to pick your squad. I think I already know who J score will pick if given the opportunity. I don't know if he's mm-hmm. going to get the first pick. We'll see how that works. Oh, but uh, you pick your team for the whole year and each week, Whichever team finishes the highest will get the pot. We're each going to throw in $5. So that's going to be the the team competition. And then we're also each going to throw in $20 for the team championship. That's the one tournament at the end of the year. It's going to be in Jeddah. That's another another yeah, big sort of op, really off-season that. fail that we really didn't like. A great Not event good. last year in Miami. We're going back to Saudi Arabia to finish the season. Not a fan of that, but that's where no. it's going to be nonetheless. We're each going to throw $20 in for that same team 
whoever finished highest wins. And then we're going to do our weekly player competition. We'll each pick a player each week. Can be a different player each week if we if we want to. Five dollars in each. We'll take turns picking first. And then right now tonight we're each going to pick our pick for the season individual champion. And we're going to throw twenty dollars into that. So there's several picks. We'll each get to go first. We're going to start with the team. J score. You get the first pick for the team competition. Who's your squad? Nobody is going to be surprised. It's it's Crushers GC. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna ride with the Crushers this year. Bryson Casey, Charles Howell the third, and Bon Lahiri. J score picks the Crushers. No surprise. No. Nope. OTP Lefty. Who's your squad? Twenty twenty three. Before I pick, I'd just like to say that being shoehorned into or bamboozled into cheering for Stinger GC last year <laughs> absolutely sucked. Stinger GC sucked. That was your own decision. You, you have no one to blame but yourself. I, you I, played I, yourself there. I mean, the first tournament of the year, they played good. I had to cheer for Charles Schwartzel. I will never make such a mistake again. What do you got? Absolutely ridiculous. I don't know. I'm going to say, God, who do you want to cheer for all year? You're going to have to take shit for all year. I can't, you know, there was an outline sent around. This shouldn't be news to you. That we're no, doing- I'm, I'm looking. I'm looking. <laughs> okay. So it's down to two and I'm going to take, give me the Aussies. I'm going to take okay. Ripper. Okay. okay. He's, wow. You're going to have to, you you're going to root for a team called Ripper. I, it is singular, right? It's just Ripper. They're just, not yep, the Rippers. Ripper. They're just Ripper. really great. Okay. We're just really great golf club. Cam Smith, Mark Leishman, Matt Jones, and Jediah Morgan. No Wade Ormsby this year for you, JT. You've got Ripper. I am going to take this year. I'm very excited about my new team. Can you can you guess who it is? Any idea who you think I might? I, I think this is the class of the league. It's the Fireballs led by the Fireball himself, Sergio Garcia, along with Abe Anser, Eugenio Shikara, and Carlos Ortiz. I, I love this team. I, I love Sergio. I think Sergio's going to have a big year. I can't wait to see what Sergio does at the Masters. I got a really good feeling about Sergio this year. Big stuff coming from Sergio Garcia. And the, that, uh, that would be a blast to have Sergio uh, do something big at the Masters. Yeah. And the Fireball. So... Those are the teams. All right. Love it. Let's talk about Mexico. Let's talk about the weekly player competition. One player, $5 each in Mexico. Who's playing well? Who's not? OTP lefty, you get first pick. There is no way to know who's playing well, as this is the opening event for most folks. People only played in Saudi. People only played in Saudi. Listen, I know technically, Mr. Lawyer, good grief. I'm going (laughs) to – DJ. Dustin Johnson is your pick. Dustin Johnson. Yeah, he's risky. The, uh, I understand he's no longer ranked in the top fifty players in the world. He's you know you pick somebody who's not not among the fifty fifty best players in the world. Uh, I can do a couple of minutes about why OWGR is meaningless, but we'll do that later. Yeah, I think we we all understand that. All right, DJ is yours. Uh, I get the second pick with the second pick in the draft. Desert Duffer selects Cam Smith. <laughs> <laughs> I'm taking Camp Smith. Camp Smith's going to win. Who do you got, J Score? Um, I mean, great picks, boys. Love the chalk. That's that's <laughs> delightful. Um, 
I, I was going to take, I was going to take Cam Smith. So, I mean, I'm, I'm, you know, scrambling here. Um, you know, let's go. Hey, by the way, new rule. I, I, I didn't say it before, but new rule. You only get to pick each person once. So this is the one time that you get to have DJ OTP. And this is the one time I get to have Cam Smith this year. That's the rule. I make the rules. That, that's heck, what it is. Heck no. That, listen, that's the rule. Heck so go no. ahead. And, and with that in mind, I'll, I'll let you. Do you want to repick now you know that rule? No, I mean, no. Okay. I, mean, I don't have to pick who you tell me to pick. This is America. Well, yes, you do. We're, we're gambling. J-Score, who do you got? Um, gosh. Uh, if I can only pick the player once. Um, A little game theory in, in action right now. I might take the yeah. L here and save a strong um, now I gotta, now I gotta think. You got me really thinking. This is um, <laughs> um, you know what? How about how about uh, how about Abe answer? Let's go. Let's Abe go answer, home fireball home, home models. Love let's it. Go, home let's cooking. go. Abe answer. Yeah. Love that. Love that. All right. DJ Cam Smith and Abe answer are your picks for the very first live event of twenty twenty three. In, I think this is in Playa del Carmen. That's where Mayakoba is. Is that right? Hey, while we're here and we, we're, we're making picks, could we make one more pick? Now, hear me out. Something like, who's going to be the worst player this year? Sure. Like, sure. who's going to finish in the bottom of the point standings with a certain number of appearances? Okay. Shoot. You go first. Since it's, since oh, it's gosh. Okay. Since I, just, I just like to, I like to cheer against things, too. So, I'm going to say that our worst player of this year in Live Golf is going to be David Poosh. Okay. Jay Score, would you like to go next? Yeah, I'm going to go Phil Mickelson. I, maybe it's, you know. Oh, I, that hurts. That's, it, that is... it does, but. It's wow. it's Phil. He's, he's one of the all time greats in the game, and you're just you're putting it on him like that. I he might not even that. get the. I mean, if if JT's got a like a minimum starts thing going, I mean, he might not might not hit that even. I don't, I don't know. We'll I, see. I, all right, I, I listen, Phil. If you're out there listening, it's J Score saying it. I didn't say it. I'm still a big fan. L- love you, Phil. I'm gonna take Dean Burmester. That's my pick. Awesome sure. pick. Literally yeah, I, never heard of that guy yeah, really in my life. <laughs> I have a feeling he's not going to play that well. All right. That's it. Unless you guys have anything else, we got no haters and losers this week. We're easing our way back. We'll get the ratings game going in coming weeks. We're excited to watch some Live Golf 2023. We're excited to watch the elevated, designated events going forward. And it's almost major season. OTP, any parting thoughts? Um, no parting thoughts. Um, I, I'm just so glad to be back on the show with you guys. It's so good to see your faces, even virtually. It's nice. I mean, texting is great, but, but, uh, podcasting is better. J score. Spring can't come soon enough. The WM Phoenix open always gets me jazz for golf season, major season spring is on the way. Uh, I'm just feeling good. Everything's looking up right now, and it's it's great to see you guys again and and chop it up about some stuff. I felt good to shake the rust off, and 
figure we'll only get more dialed as the season progresses. <laughs> Let's hope so. It's great to be back. Great to see you guys. Uh, thankful to all of you who tune in. We'll see you next time. Mm-hmm.